Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the internet. And joining me today on this special day of days to celebrate the annual Fantasy All-Star Awards for the Watching the Boxes podcast is our good friend, Kyle McEwen from Basketball Monster. Kyle, what is up? I just changed the volume on my microphone. I, I hope it's still okay. Is you that... certainly did, but it's, okay, you sound great. Sound All right, wonderful. good. Um, hey, thanks for having me on, Mike. This is uh, let's 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 get right into it and let's have some fun. Always, yeah. I, I you know what? I hope Tyler makes a guest appearance tonight. You're making the guest appearance. I think uh, Tyler, if he's out there, I'm I'm summoning I'm summoning Tyler. Um, if he shows up, he's got he always has a lot to say when it comes to our All Star awards for the fantasy year and as always if you remember from years past dear listener uh we make up some awards we make up some nominees and then we sign these awards out it's been a fun year so far like uh, maybe kyle how do you feel about this year so far as a fantasy year i think it's a kind of interesting year it's been there's been a lot of surprises i think um but ones that make sense in the context of things um yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. So you're right. Let's focus on the positive. I think if you're asking me for a review of the season, though, I'm going to get a little bit frustrated by all the look. It's I think everybody had a stretch there where they thought like, OK, I know what my team is. And then, oh, crap, everybody's dealing with this whole covid stuff. And that led to, you know, that's just true. a crap ton of players being out that made it, it made it hard to manage your teams from week to week because you're sitting there trying to discern like who do I have to drop somebody who I really don't want to just to be able to stay competitive? And how long is this whole situation going to last? So yeah, it's been a lot more fun in the last few weeks. I'll say that because we've had a lot more positive situations to look at in different regards, as far as seeing new players step up into better value because certain players have been ruled out for the season after being kind of wishy-washy a little bit, a lot of the year, and then we've also had situations where due to the trade deadline and such, we've had other players kind of step up out of the woodwork. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, especially yeah. recently once we got through some of the malarkey. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe I've been a little bit lucky uh, a lot. I, I, my teams never went out all at once or I got injuries all at once or I had a COVID protocol at once. So maybe I'm just a little bit more lucky uh, this year than other people. Obviously that's been a huge um, I guess damper on the year, but o- overall, like we have a bit of a changing of the guards. We have a, uh, if you look at the top 10, uh, I don't think a lot of people would have predicted the order of this top 10, nor the, uh, a few people who are in the top 10 right now. Uh, but let's get right into the awards and we'll try to stick to the positives. But of course, well, I mean, if you're always... looking at like the, the eight cap player rankings for the top 10 so far this year, you're talking about Jokic, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, uh, Stephen yeah. Curry. I wouldn't James put Lee. LeBron in my top 10. No, no. I'm saying like the rankings per game value for yes, players yes, right yes. now so far this season, like that, those are the guys who are just ranked out based on the numbers. Like that's where they fall. So, I mean, LeBron's been the number two guy for per game value in eight cat rankings this season, which is, which is pretty wild. And that's shocking. Um, I think, shocking. you know, Trey young being in the top 10 is kind of, um, 
maybe not out of the ordinary, maybe not out of uh, like a crazy person's worldview, but also like, you know, I, I don't think I would have put money on that. Fred Van he was he was down there. a little bit last year, um, playing under McMillan, but due to the nature of injuries and things this year, Young's gotten, and also just the way he's played is. His uh his production it's it's been up over last year so absolutely yeah he from being the number twenty two ranked eight cat player last year now he's the number seventh guy right number seven guy right now so he's definitely taking a jump um I think a lot of people would think Carl Anthony Towns is taking a, a jump this year simply because he's been healthy yeah. so as as a roto player I uh, uh he's just doing what Carl Anthony Towns does every single year guys I don't uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't give him the jump but let's let's go into it actually. The first award for this year's fancy basketball all-star awards, most impressive leap. Who this and the and the beauty of uh, this Kyle of this of these awards, right? Interpret it however you'd like and nominate whoever you want. I mean, this is essentially most improved player. So you're looking yeah. at guys like Dejounte Murray, Darius Garland, yes. Miles yes. Bridges, John Morant should be in that conversation Absolutely. because of the step he took. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is can definitely be in that conversation, especially in the second half. I feel like he's going to earn that award, but I, I don't know if I'm going to give it to him in the first half. Yeah. The thing with Tyrese Halliburton is when you start including second year guys, you're going to have a bunch of guys to talk about because a lot of guys take a jump in their second year. I mean, even, you know, LaMelo ball, we has taken a, a big jump in his second year. So there's, there's a tons of guys that, that we could talk about from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but those ones are the, are the ones that really stand out. And I think deserve the most conversation is DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland, Miles Bridges, and John Moran. That, I mean, yeah, those are the nominees. Like I was, I was thinking about like, Oh, how am I going to figure out these nominees? You already got them. So I don't even have to worry about it. I'm a little biased because Miles Bridges was my boy. Um, uh, Miles Bridges was, uh, definitely my my you know sleeper du jour this year. So out of homerism, out of personal um, you know a desire, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Miles Bridges. He's impressive and he's wonderful to watch and he's really really good. No, I exactly he's great. Um, and there's gonna be some people who think you you have to choose Darius Garland here because of how good Cleveland's been as a team winning games. Yeah, and and that's a fair argument. There's going to be people who would make the same argument for John Morant in certain respects. Um, but John Morant's one of those guys whose his profile has him already elevated above that tier of players who you would even really consider. Yeah, like I think a lot of people improved. would hear yeah. you put him in that in that in that same facet with all these other players and go, whoa, whoa, John Morant's way better than these motherfuckers. Right. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, like you know, maybe, maybe he is, but like honestly. I've also benefited from DeJounte Murray this year. And I think, and DeJounte Murray right now is ranked, I think, 12th overall. 13th eight and cat? eight cat. Yeah. 13th, 13th per game. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you're, all these guys are great. But if I was saying for fantasy and not taking into effect team wins and things like that necessarily, mm-hmm. then DeJounte is the, the most improved player for fantasy for me in, in many respects. I think it also like, when you think about most impressive leap, Ja Morant, you kind of expect him to make that leap. Uh, I'd say Miles Bridges, maybe you don't expect him to make that leap. DeJounte Murray, maybe you also don't make him like 
man, it is so hard to be a second round player, like to get to a second round player and to go from outside the top 50 to going being drafted basically in like, you know, the bottom half of drafts to being a second round player. That is an impressive leap. You're talking about Miles. I'm talking about DeJounte, but Miles also third round player. Right. And Miles, Miles earlier this season to start out, he was like, he was, I think he got up to being like top 12 or something ridiculous there for a little bit of a stretch. And um, so, yeah, all these guys been really impressive. Jared Allen could be in that conversation as well. If you just want to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. uh, Desmond Bain should definitely be in that conversation. I don't know why we didn't really bring him up, but it's probably because I already had John Moran on there. Well, I think Um, actually, I think this was unique about this year, right? Is because normally 100% uh, and maybe Desmond Bay will win an award later in this uh, in this All Star um, contest, but or not contest, I guess awards. But Desmond Bain would be a no brainer in this in this category if it weren't for all these incredible leaps by Murray, by Miles, by Garland. There's been a, so many leaps. Usually one guy pans out out of the you know the six seven kind of like oh these guys are kind of maybe the guys who are going to pan out. It seems like almost all of them have panned out this year. Yeah. Yep. Which has been very nice. Let's go on. The Mo next... Bamba would have been in that conversation in the first half of the season. Yeah. You know, first couple months of the season. Him too. Not anymore. And Kyle Kuzma could, you know, p- some people would want to talk about him. Man, <laughs> nah, I don't want really to talk about him. Maybe he'll come up, but let's uh, go to the next award. Um, and I think this, this award comes from uh, you, Kyle is the uh, uh, respect your elders award. Now give me a little synopsis so I can, so I can properly nominate. I just, you know, it's it's always a contention during drafts. A lot of people, myself included, will get caught up drafting based on youth and upside more than they should when, when somebody who's been there and done that is still doing that, like a guy like LeBron or, or Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Al Horford, Kevin Love this year. All those guys have mm-hmm. performed very well, better, much better than I think a lot of people would have would have thought. Mike Conley simply being available for, for games has been great. Chris Paul doesn't miss games. Puts Incredible, up absurd, incredibly absurd healthy years for both of those guys. And an outrageous number of minutes, most games. So it's just been, it's been fun to watch some of the old guys kind of at least have good stretches in, in the, in the case of Al Horford, where, you know, you're just kind of looking around going like, holy crap, how good is this guy going to be at? Aged, I think Horford's 35 right now. LeBron's 37. Chris Paul's almost 37. So, yeah, old dudes. Yeah, those are, I think they're all very good. I think um, you could maybe, I don't know if you, this might be like a little bit too early. Maybe they, they don't qualify for Social Security yet, but Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, you know, these guys who also have been around for a very, very long time, who people have gone like, yeah, you know, DeMar DeRozan, you know, he's around, whatever. Jimmy Butler, yeah, I'm not taking him in. I'm not taking him on the turn this year. And here he is once again, uh, you know, being good enough to be taken on the turn. I know he hasn't played too many games this year, but that's the thing with Jimmy is he's obnoxiously out of the lineup yeah. or questionable all the time. And, and that's that's one of the reasons why people are reluctant to draft him too early. Well, I'd like to nominate DeMar DeRozan, and as a Bulls homer, I will also be voting for DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, DeRozan could be a – I mean, he. it's just the Bulls as a whole, whether you're looking at Lonzo Ball, 
DeMar DeRozan, even the continued great play of Levine and, and Vucevic amidst the new guys coming on. Um, there's other bulls we'll talk about as we go, but it's, it's, it's just been great to see that team really produce. Well, I think Billy Donovan's a great coach for fantasy just because he, he takes his best guys or the guys that he likes and he gives them big minutes. So there's not like, you know, some of these teams that play like the Clippers, they play all these guys 25 minutes a night to 25 to 30 minutes a night. That's great for, for deeper leagues because then you've got more relevant players playing decent minutes for deeper leagues. But like, it gets really obnoxious for standard leagues when you're looking at a lot of the Clippers guys and going like, I don't trust any of these guys to be more than a streamer for me, essentially. Yeah, I will, um, as um, you know, a lifelong Bulls fan, the dynamic between the, the previous years and this year's is so stark that um, it's burning the synapses that uh, remind me that the Bulls were ever bad out of my brain because they are so incredibly entertaining. They're so good. Uh, Billy Dunham is doing such a, a fantastic job. But honestly, DeMar DeRozan should get credit for a lot of it because I think his uh, he brought something else to the culture here in Chicago. And on top of that, he's been carrying the team. And that was not something I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people even pegged him as the third – offensive option on this team yet he's he's playing like an mvp candidate at this point i mean there's been so many injuries in chicago yet they still win games just the other night zach was out and demar dropped 40 and they won um like demar is carrying this team demar is doing something extra special right now and it's not uh, you know it should get more credit so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give him this award it should it's just i he's not he's not one of those names that's gonna get to the mvp level conversation He's just not. He should. And I will I will be pounding Twitter. And that's fine. All day and night. Based on the historic run that he's going on right now and how well he's played this year, I'd be completely in, in conjunction with the fact that the Bulls are actually good. I Yeah, totally. I'd be okay with Levine being in the MVP conversation or getting an MVP vote or two at the end of the year or however many he might get. But he's not he's not a legit contender. Like he's nobody that you'd be putting money on. I, I, I completely disagree, but uh, uh, he should be the MVP by a lot, but obviously I um, take have, your emotions out of it. I have a, I will not, I will not, not for the bulls. <laughs> um, our next award. This is actually one of my favorite awards because this is like the unsung hero, the best boring player of the year. And so this award specifically is about, Players who put up incredibly boring stat lines. When you go, and maybe, I think you can relate to this, guy. You go to your team, you look at your team, and you always see somebody, and they're always like, eh, you know, 17, 5, and 4. All right, cool. They never have that 35, 6, and uh, 12 game, or they, they never go off. But they're always 17, five and four with a block and then occasionally a steal they're always solid who is the best born player of the year who are you nominating for the best born player of the year um yeah you know what i didn't i uh, i got a few I mean, let me throw drew, some out there drew holiday's one drew holiday he's like he's just he's he's obvious chris middleton he's, another kind, obvious one i yeah. love chris middleton but boy tobias harris yeah boring but great i think it's important i think sometimes we look at some guys who 
are providing good stats. Mike Conley. Doing what they do. Like even an RJ Barrett. I'll be, I'll get down on that guy a lot because he doesn't offer steals. Mm-hmm. Um his his percentages are inconsistent. His uh you know, his his production outside of points and decent rebounds and occasionals. Like I think it's important to acknowledge how how good impactful it yeah. is to have a player who is just locked into a good role, even if their production doesn't translate to maybe the best ranking for the situation. Like the fact that the guy is doing what he does doesn't neg isn't negated simply because he doesn't offer something else. Like absolutely, and that's that's sometimes the problem with straight up looking at the rankings and but that's also something we love to do because we've got all those awesome tools over at basketball monster to, to do stuff like that. Um, When you play categories, right. um, It's a, a lot of people do kind of, and we, we, we always try to talk about how rankings aren't the end all be all, Um, you know, you got the Z scores over at basketball monster. um, But even those, you can go category by category. You can kind of figure some things out in that it's a puzzle. Because your team will, and your league is not the same as anyone else's league in the world. So figuring out what, how that puzzle comes together is an incredibly unique experience. All we can do is give advice from kind of that standard, like, yeah, would I rather have uh, you know, Mike Connolly the rest of the year, or Jordan Poole the rest of the year. It's like, oh, probably Mike Connolly. I, I, you know, they're both good. Mike Connolly's probably got more consistency. Like, I like his steals better. How about that? But like, what you can't do is go into each one of these individual leagues and go, how does the puzzle fit for you? And maybe RJ Barrett is actually more valuable to you than half of the league. Who knows? But that puzzle is, I think, the beauty of uh, fantasy basketball. Yeah, and the, you know, what's hilarious is, like, working for Basketball Monster and all the great stats that we have there to look at things through a bunch of different perspectives, you still have to get to a point where you realize, like, it's good to have that that base knowledge and that pers- that the perspective of looking at the numbers and saying, this is how things play out. This is the this player is more valuable because of these different um, these different uh, stats that we're looking at in this particular league. But when you're making a deal with somebody else, logic is not often used. It's emotions from the other players, other person's standpoint, unless they are a very illogical person who only goes and looks at the numbers. But even that, you're going to be taking it from from their limited perspective of that to try to use that against them. So it's it's hilarious how much psychology and an understanding of your own emotions can help you figure out good trades for your team more than sometimes looking at all the numbers and saying like, well, this just makes sense. If I trade this to this player, this team and that team play, trades with this guy, like it helps us both. That's not going to matter to a lot of people. Cause a lot of people will just be like, yeah, I don't care. I, I want that guy or I want that yeah. guy. And, and they don't not, they're not going to use statistics to explain it. They're going to use their gut or their just their emotions based yeah. on their fandom. It's it's hard to do like the deal with the the irrationality sometimes when you're thinking about it so much more like a math problem 
they're thinking of it as an entertainment problem. And um, that's fine. I, I, th- I actually think but that, that can open might be enjoying too. it more than I am. Yeah, but, you know, that can open doors because if there's a player who is perceived to be more valuable than they are, then then you could end up trading away a lesser value for a better return based purely on perspective and, you know, the other person's emotional perspective. So uh, it's (laughs) – I think that's why – yeah, anyways, it's – it's. I think that's one of the reasons why, like, uh, Josh Lloyd from the Red Rock or Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast always talks about the fact that, like, you know, most trades shouldn't be vetoed or no, no trades really should be vetoed because you don't know what the other players are are thinking about unless it's like obvious collusion. And that just rarely happens really. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Josh and I have had, had a lot of conversation about trades and that is, I think the the two things is that, you know, for the most part, trades are in the eye of the beholder. And unless there is something going like so fucking fishy, about it then it should go through and yep. I, I think if you talk to anybody who is in the the fantasy industry they kind of i think they kind of take that same mindset as well um let's i think so i'm gonna go for boy this boring player yeah we got a little off track there. we did get a little off track and i think this is quite all right i'm gonna go as always with tobias harris because tobias harris is great and no one ever talks about him and he is fantastic um, and I want to say somebody like Derek White or Bobby Portis. Ooh, I like Bobby um, Portis too. Just because Bobby Portis has been in that secure role all year, we don't know when or if Brooke Lopez is actually going to be coming back. It's it's been really nice to have Bobby Portis, um, just putting up, you know, steady stats for the most part. Well, um, I mean, Bobby might get nominated for the next award, best waiver wire pickup. Okay. I some people might have drafted him, some people didn't. Yeah. Desmond Bain feels like a uh heavy favorite in this particular uh in this particular category. Um best waiver wire pickup. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bain got drafted in most competitive leagues True. as a flyer. I think so. Um Anthony Simons is definitely in this list yeah. of best That's waiver wire pickups. Uh, is Bain disqualified? Should we disqualify him? You know, Gary Trent might have been on the wire in a couple leagues to start the season. I think he was more than more than a couple leagues. I think so. That that's an interesting one. Um, and th- no, I was just gonna. I was thinking back. I was like, what about Miles Bridges? But no, there's no way no, because no, come on. I feel like we d- we did our duty. We got everybody to draft Miles Bridges. Yeah, I think everybody was pretty much drafting Miles Bridges and PJ Washington and just kind of going like, well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But then as we got deeper into the the uh the draft season, it, it became more and more abund- a clear that yeah. Miles Bridges was going to be the starter at power forward. PJ was going to come off the bench, but nobody really knew exactly that that Miles was going to play the minutes he was going to play, that nah. he was going to take the touches he was going to take. So and be as as dominant as good as he has been. Uh, Jane McDaniels, I feel like he's a, fl- a last round flyer, but I think a lot of people missed out on Jane McDaniels. Yeah, except he's still just like a streamer for the most part, yeah. based on when when different um when different guys like have been him. out for the Timberwolves. Pat Bev, 
Patrick Beverly's in this conversation, I think. I feel like a lot of people, of the... he should have been part of the uh, the old old man nominees. People have forgot about Pat Bev. Oh, you're right. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, well, the thing is though, he just, he's producing better this year. He's got a secure role whenever he actually plays and, and he's producing better. So there's, yeah, I, he, he hasn't been the same kind of player in, in the past. True. Not, not at this, not at the consistency that he has been this year. Well, if Bain is in, if Bain is in the, in the, is allowed to be nominated, then I will take Bain. And if not, I will take Josh Giddy. Um, I, you know, I think we're forgetting somebody who to start the season, Ooh, we were still very much in question about what was going on with the magic in regards to their injuries around Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Oh, look, four months later, we still have the same freaking questions. Um, Cole <laughs> Anthony coming out as yeah. the starting point guard on opening night and just blazing for like the first two months That's of the true. season. Um, Cole Anthony that. was on a lot of waiver wires. Not many people were pumping him up as a legit option because even if he was going to start early, it was, you know, it was like, so well, what? he's someone, he's someone to grab as a streamer for the first week or two or, yeah. you know, so what if he, if he was starting, what, why yeah. should I get excited about that? You know exactly. what? That's a great call. Cole Anthony, uh, definitely getting actually Cole Anthony best waiver wire pickup of the year. How about that? Hey dude, but then, then again, like Kyle Kuzma, he was probably on some wires to start the season. This is the best. Because we didn't know exactly what was going on with uh, Rui Hachimura and stuff back then. That's true. And we didn't know if the (laughs) the freaking Wizards were going to run out, you know, their centers only at center or if they were going to get forced into playing. I don't know. It's, yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma being a legitimate fantasy guy this year. Isn't that wild? I would never have guessed. I would never have guessed that whatsoever. Um, um, let's go to let's go to one of your award, uh, nominees for uh, one of your awards that you've brought in. Why is this guy still starting? Jalen Bronson was also a great uh, waiver wire pickup. Yeah, Jalen Bronson was a good one. Um, so explain and then me Herb, the... Herb Jones. Um, yeah, I like Herb Jones too. There's a uh, lot. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's what's so impressive about this year is there are so many random dudes who've moved up to be fantasy relevant. That yeah. I could never have predicted. I don't think anybody could predict them. Nobody actually, nobody did predict Herb Jones. Nobody predicted any any of these guys. Cole Anthony, all this stuff. Man, the, the, you, the, you uh, got me wanting to go look at my Herb Jones note from the beginning, from the beginning of the season <laughs> well, to see if know, I see Kyle, what you, I said about. You get him. In, Kyle gets into the minutia of things, and uh, that's why he finds Herb Jones. That's why he finds these dudes. No, like, it's not. It's not even that hard, dude. When you're looking at a modern NBA. And you're trying to build a team to eventually be a championship contender. You're always building against the best player in the league. You were building against LeBron for a long time. Now you're building against Giannis. You look at Herb Jones. He's a really good defender at six, eight with good, with good wingspan. You're, 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 and, and and then mobility, you're looking at players like that who can actually step in. Then he also is not a selfish player. So I, Herb Jones was overlooked by the league by a bunch of dumb GMs. I, I did not overlook the guy. As soon as I found out who the hell Herb Jones was, I was saying, hey, this guy's good. Um, blah, blah, blah. Herb Jones is good. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I, I said, if he gets run as a rookie, it'll be because of his defense. He's a sneaky player to track in camp in case he gets a look as a fill-in for Zion with the starters, um, which could make him a streamer for at least deep leagues if Zion misses any games. That was back when we were getting fed the bull-only about Zion. Zion, and you know, so that was me my note you, from preseason about Claire, Jones being absolutely. a potential guy to step into the starting lineup. Nobody was talking about that. And me was- and you had the absolute clarity we saw through the Zion this nonsense. We were like, yep, that guy ain't playing for months. That guy's not starting. That guy's not coming in. That guy's not playing for months. I'm staying away from that motherfucker. What, I you, got, had, I took you had the extra clarity league. of going, well, what about Herb Jones? I took I took Zion in one of, one of my, like, 12 leagues. But. Yeah, why, why not? Yeah, 12 it leagues. Was, you might as well – one out of 12. That's actually it was It was low. late in the draft. It was like – it was late, so – Anyways, worth the worth the risk. It felt um, like it at the time, but I'm pretty sure if I go look at that league right now, it's one that I'm struggling to to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because you took Zion Lons. Took Zion, um, yeah. All right, let's do. I want to do a couple of years. Let's do rookie of the year, though. We're talking about a lot of rookies right now. Uh, let's do rookie of the year. Is Evan Mobley running away with this? Well, can we come back to rookie of the year really quick? Uh, Absolutely, you because you, you asked why is he still starting? Why is or, this guy still starting? So you gotta explain is, this award then, because oh no, it's it's the the guys who every time we see a coach tell us what the starting lineup is going to be on a given night, we say why is he still in there? So why is a guy like Avery Bradley still in the starting lineup a lot of I, nights? I don't know. Why is he still in the rotation? I don't I get no it. Idea. You look at that team and you're like, wow, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. We should probably put some more non-shooters around them. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Nope. They're not going to do that. Um, other guys to ask her to answer the question of why is he still starting or ask it? Kemba Walker, Mo Harkless, mm-hmm. Justin Holiday. I don't hate Justin Holiday. I don't hate Mo Harkless. I would Mo say Harkless. Okoro, Isaac Okoro. Oh, come I know on. why he's. I know why he plays because he's a very good defender. But I don't want him as a fantasy person. I don't want him to play at all. I get that, but Isaac Okoro is like when you're looking at this Cleveland Cavaliers team right now, they're they're obviously planning on keeping Lavert off the bench and bringing Markinen back in as a starter at small forward. Yeah, wow. and that worked. It worked. Right. I'm sorry, but you got lucky with that. I think so. And it's not because of Markinen. It's like well, you pointed out last time we were talking about this. It's because of Mobley. It's it's a hundred percent because of Mobley, and it's that's Mobley why and Allen. It's Allen protecting the rim and Mobley roaming around, being a you know. Mobley's not a. He doesn't have like immediately, and I think I think that's what's so shocking about him. He had a little bit of like young KG look to him when you're like visually looking at him when you see him playing, but then you start watching him and you're like, is this guy a? a is this guy a three? Is this guy a four? Is he a five? Is he a one? Is he a point guard? What is this guy? What is this person? Why is he good at every fucking thing that he's doing on the floor? Why is he in the right place? There is something very attractive about how he's playing and the way he looks on the floor. And the result is these wins, right? You see it in, in results too already. He, I don't think he knows who, what, like, he's not going to play a position, but I don't think Evan Mobley knows 
how to be the most effective Evan Mobley he can be, and they're already winning games, and that is what makes him so scary. So shizzle. Evan Mobley is great. I suppose we. I'll just uh, li- finish my list of who's who's. Uh, why are these guys still in this the rotation? Uh, Blake Griffin, Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. on the Rockets. He just why on the Rockets? Buy this guy out. Get him out don't of there. Know. What's going er- on? There? Eric Gordon. Why are you starting him? You don't need to. Start why is Eric? Him. We're past the trade deadline. So. Let's get out of this. Uh, yeah. You know, cycle of despair that we're in here with the Rockets. Okay. Nobody put, knows. Put the Swish Alp in the, in the dang starting lineup. Put Alpen Shingun in there, and see what happens. Okay. You, there's nothing better than Alperin Sengun isn't going to get an ego because you start him this year, put him in the starting lineup so that he can go up against guys like Rudy Gobert and whatever. And if he follows out, follows out, who cares? Yeah. That, that will give him the emotional anchor to then work harder in the off season. No who he's going up against next year. So that when he goes up against these guys next year, he's not getting punched in the mouth. Yeah. When, when Rudy Gobert is just owning him and beasting him like physically, Alvarez Sagoon mentally can go, yeah, I've experienced the, you know, the best defensive center, the most physical defensive center in the league. That's what I need to be. Oh, and I better get in the gym and start, you know, yeah. Then he'll know what he needs to what like he needs that. to achieve because at whatever the fucking age Sagoon is, what is he, like 20? Is he is he even 20? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't even know if he's 20 yet. Yeah, then he can go. Yeah, if this is the hardest it's gonna be, then I can if I can get to that point, I can go further because I'm 20 years old. So uh speaking of rookie of the year, as rookie you brought up, you yeah. you were you were pretty much pumping evan mobley there i love evan mobley um from a fantasy perspective i think you're looking at five guys in the conversation kate cunningham yeah evan mobley scotty josh giddy scotty barnes and franz wagner and then you've got a bunch of other good rookies like herb jones chris duarte jalen suggs alpern sangoon jalen green josh christopher isaiah jackson io dosunmu from uh, the bulls yes Io's had a great year who you look at and you say okay if they have you know, good roles going through with the rest of their career, they could develop into some pretty special players. <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, a very impressive rookie. Usually rookies are like no, no goes um, incredible rookie draft per game stat averages. Cade Cunningham's the guy he's, he's the rookie of the year. But if you're talking about impact and other things, and maybe you want more defensive stats, you can make the argument for Mobley. Um, there's other, you know, there's, you could talk about Scotty Barnes actually being in a huge role all season and doing so on a winning team. Same, same kind of argument yeah, as Mobley. It's, it's kind of hard because like everybody was like Katie Cunningham, number one pick. Yeah. Is he the best fantasy rookie? Yep. He is. Yeah, he is. is Evan Mobley <laughs> the most impressive, uh, like NBA specimen rookie? Yeah, pretty much. Is Scotty Barnes already doing shit that no rookie should be doing right now? Yep. Uh, does Josh is Josh Giddy uh, basically re- replacing Sean Gilders or Sean Shea Gilders Alexander already? Um, maybe uh, question mark. Um, I think they can play together. Yeah, they certainly can play together. Shea can play with anybody. Um, and then I would actually even say the most overlooked rookie who continues to be overlooked, who should not be overlooked, 
is Franz Wagner. Uh, like you say, Franz Wagner. He's like really beastie. Like he's physical. Well, he, uh, for one thing, he's not getting watched a lot because he's on the Magic. No one's watching the Magic. Um, nobody but. wants to necessarily take the production that's coming there as being like indicative of how these guys would produce if they were playing on a good team. I actually disagree with, with Franz Wagner. I actually disagree with that because the, the way he scores feels very, um, I don't know. It just, it, it just feels like he has a lot of skills that translate. Oh, he's legit. 100%. Yeah. And um, he showed earlier this season when guys were out, uh, well, I think Suggs and Anthony were both out for a stretch earlier this season and Wagner was balling. He was, Dishing out plenty of assists and things like that. He's got the skill set to do more. And that's, I think, one of the frustrating things about him is that he doesn't, because he's a team player type kind of dude, he's not necessarily looking for his own shot. He's not necessarily pressing and being as aggressive on offense as he probably should be. Yeah. And based on his talent, he's going to learn that, right? And I actually feel like he's in a decent situation to learn how to do that or at least how to be required to do that. It's like, yeah. We don't, nothing's going on here in Orlando. So my guy, you got to be the guy. And he's like, I guess I got to figure that out. But he is like, he, he, I, I've, every time I watch Orlando, which is not often, um, Franz Wagner is actually the, the, the person that I'm scared of the most on Orlando is Franz Wagner. That I feel like that's a good way. If you're like, if you got a favorite team, obviously my favorite team is the Bulls. But if you're out there, you got a favorite team and you're watching another team. See if you can figure out who you're worried about the most on the other team. The same way that Tyrese Halliburton was the best player on the, the Kings exactly. earlier this year. I was like, year, I don't want Tyrese Franz Halliburton Wagner's to have the fucking the best ball. Two-way player on the – like, yeah. Franz Wagner's the best player on the Magic. If, if, they were, if they were building around somebody right now or they were to say, who's a player that we can fit in with anybody else, it's Franz Wagner. Billion percent. He is the person I go, get the ball out of his hands. Don't let him do stuff. When they give it to Jalen Suggs, I'm like, all right. Jalen Suggs, also good, like really good. But I'm like, he can be contained. He can be figured out. Franz Wagner, on the other hand, it's like, uh-oh, this guy's pro- – he has he's causing problems. And that's like the sign of a good player. And he's Albert. really good on defense too. So even, Absolutely. you know. Albert is the same way. He causes problems. Shizzle. The very last award of the evening. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get rid. You wanted to have a positive, all positive awards. I'm gonna get rid of all the negative awards. Usually, we do something like worst performance, most disappointing. We're not gonna do that this year. We're gonna go with an award that I think is a little bit. It's forward looking. Who's a year away from being a year away? Uh, Trey Murphy on the Pelicans is gonna be Michael Bridges kind of guy with more consistent offense. I think eventually. Um, and he's actually bigger than Michael Bridges. <laughs> so seriously, uh, I did I did not know that. Um, you know Isaiah Jackson's going to be really good. I've got some hopes like for Jalen Smith panning out at some point, or at least being good enough to, you know, put up stats if he's playing on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, oh biscuits! I got my I got my on a very specific person. Um, Okongwu on Atlanta. Oh yeah. That oh, yeah. guy is a year away from being a year away. And the no. Clint Capella is going to disappear, and this guy is going to destroy worlds. 
Yeah, that's just it. Some of these things, it's like, you know, it's like the uh, Anthony Simons thing. It's like you're not even it's not even necessarily that they're a year away as yeah. much as they need to they need to have the room cleared for them well, to to play yeah. more. Remember when like a couple years ago there was like trade rumors around Portland or whatever, and uh Portland was just like, Yeah, Simmons is off the table, Simmons is off the table. And everybody's like, Why the fuck would Simmons be off the table? And we're like, You don't play him at all. And they're like, No, nah, no, nah, Simmons is off the table. And you're like, well, do they know they obviously know something that we don't know? And they did. They knew something that we didn't know because we don't see Simmons playing on a regular basis uh, that we can analyze while they do. They see him playing all the time and, and, and practice. And, and, and a lot of um, organizations, they will track practices. They'll track uh, the shots in practice. They'll have the same kind of analytics they do in a, in a real game for their practices as well. And, you know, I think it, the, the fact that Simmons was off the table a couple of years ago, I think it was very, t- uh, very telling. And I think like there's quite a few, yeah. I think there's quite a few guys out there who are, who are similar. I think it still speaks poorly of Portland though. Yeah. Because get, they didn't if, give if him a chance that, though. <laughs> if you know that you've got Anthony Simons just sitting there and then you're, going out every single season with without a good Name, small forward CJ, nobody yeah yeah you, nobody, you're playing this undersized backcourt that is good everybody acknowledges that of course but but you also could have traded cj mccollum for something better many, than what you got how many damn years ago did you go they gotta blow this up dude it's five years it for years yeah <laughs> how many years because ago was that it just made sense like you've got you've got two players who are really good, who essentially do the same thing, which is scoring off the dribble, yeah. get rid of one of them. They're, they're not big enough to play next to each other in the modern NBA. Hey, CJ's incredible. And Dame is better build around Dame and move CJ for assets. Right. And go get an actual starting small forward. Not, not a hybrid not guy Robert who Covington. only plays one side of the court in Al Farouk Aminu. Pour one out for Bob Covington. One of my favorite. Right guys that everybody overlooks and uh he's really just falling they off. finally got him and then what did they do with him just gave him away for nothing yeah well they, they stood him in a corner and didn't give him the ball didn't really let him do anything i mean that's what rob covington is though you're he's supposed to be just chucking up threes and playing defense he's not really supposed that, to touch the ball that's so. fair but i think he's a little bit better than the way they used him but also he might be on the on the on the second half of a career. So, um, all right, where were we at? <laughs> uh, a year away from being a year away. I'm giving it to Kongwu. I really like. I like that guy. Like, he's to me right now. When I'm like thinking about next year, he's the guy who stands out for me. Gosh, there's so many guys we could talk about. There's a though. ton. Whether he's the guy, I'm like, I'm gonna make a fucking point next year to draft that guy. Okongu certainly seems like they're positioning him to take over the starting job. If not next yeah. year, the year after that. Is it a majority of my leagues? I know the other people in those leagues, like or for the most part, or like sort of know how they act. And I'm like, they aren't looking at that guy at all. Um, Chuma Okiki next season. It, if he's got to get a, bigger role whether it's on the magic or trade he's good else. man yeah dude he's like chuma okiki is he's one of those cats that like a lot of people don't realize how good he is because he sat out his first season with an acl knee injury 
But and, um, also, like the Orlando almost use him like he's a, like kind of like, oh yeah, we're just he's a stopgap. We're gonna find somebody better. Blah blah. They it's just, really they use annoying him how they're using him as a stopgap, and it's like, well, is he a stopgap? And then you watch him play, and you're like, no, no, that guy's good. No, he's a starter on like a championship team because championship team. Yeah, one hundred percent because yeah, he's maybe. he's like six eight. He's got he's thick. He's yeah. he's like a bigger Desmond Bay. That's what he is. Mm. Not as good on offense. Now you got me. You got me but, intrigued. But he's got even more upside on defense than, and he's not as yoked as Desmond Bain, but he's still got good size, good thickness. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. It, it's it's ridiculous, the fact that Okiki's being treated like a whatever a guy who's got to like you know fight his way through the rotation and stuff like that like this well, dude, especially on a team that you should never have to fight your rotate your, your way through the rotation on. well the the problem is is though it's like well who do you start him over and and that's where it is it, it becomes an awkward fit because you're not taking franz wagner out no, of the starting lineup can't do that and i think okiki would be somewhat yeah. fine as the starting shooting guard but put him in at a two, modern put him NBA. At four. who cares but yeah, you could get you could get Mobamba out of there to give Okiki more of a look and play Carter at the center. So I like I like I like Wendell Carter. I think he's very good. Well, that's just it. Like it's not like I really want to make an I don't want to advocate big for taking Mobamba out of the starting lineup too because I think like I think it's a worthwhile experiment this season to be rolling out there with Bamba and. Well, and, they um, they got to do that now, right? It's based on contracts, they have to figure out Mobamba. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so maybe it's just a circumstantial thing, which is also a good reason maybe to look at Chabot Kiki next year. Um, I think that's it, though, uh, for our annual fantasy basketball all-star awards. Uh, Kyle, thanks. Thanks for joining me, man. I really, I really appreciate it. Tell the people where they can find you and what you're up to. Yo, I am Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA. I work for BasketballMonster.com where we do projections and have a bunch of tools that those can be used in to help run your fantasy team. You can also import your leagues into Basketball Monster and have that run through all of our tools as well. So when you're looking at a certain set of rankings or projections on the site, it's easy to discern, okay, who's actually available in my league? Who's not, who's on my team? What am I looking for? What do I need to add going forward? How many games are there going to be during my fantasy playoffs? All that kind of stuff. Those are the tools that are available on basketballmonster.com that you can check out. Um, and yeah, we've got a couple different subscription options there, whether it's just getting the, the regular set with Josh Lloyd's projections or adding the super monster projections to get my set as well, to have another perspective of, of how things are going to play out the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the jam brother. And we do comment both Josh and I do commentary every single night on all the box scores to review the games and, let you know whether or not a performance is legitimate or it's just something you can kind of look past or, or if it's something you should be trying to sell high or buy low on. So yeah, uh, break it all down, baby. Uh, uh, basketball monster is, an o- is OG when it comes to the fantasy basketball world. Kyle is also OG when it comes to the day. The only person, Kyle, I don't think I've ever told you this. You're the only person I'm jealous of how good they draft. 
I think I'm a pretty fucking good drafter. I'm actually a great drafter, actually. And every time I'm in a draft, I'm like, God fucking damn it, Kyle. You're out fucking drafting me. Dude, most of that's because I, I mean, granted, I, I have to sit and look and do my projections. So I'm pretty cute, clued into what's going on. But it's also yeah. because having the draft tracker at, at Basketball Monster, like, I can look at a bunch of different things. I can surf around. And then when my pick comes up, I can easily, if even if my queue gets destroyed, I can at least look at a, a curated set of projections that say, okay, based on total value per game value, I can, I can look at all this stuff really quickly with the kind of spreadsheet layout type stuff that's available on basketball monster. And it, it takes away that stress of, you know, those moments where you're like, oh, what do I do? Well, it's like, okay, I'll just yeah. scroll up a little bit. See, oh, I need that stat. But Who's even going to give me that stat? Then, though, I'll do that. Even then, though, you have a plan. You have a game plan. You have an idea. And you have certain people in mind. And I'm always like, ah, oh, fuck. I forgot about that guy. I always I always grab a guy off of If I see you draft a guy that I hadn't been thinking about, I'm like, fuck, I'll write that down. But that that's... It's again, it's the it's having the tools because like we did that. Um, you were in that that hoop ball draft recently, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a bunch of dudes, you know, it's the middle of the season, the, the draft rankings aren't really updated, and there's a bunch of dudes who've played well this season who were buried in the draft rankings because they were they were still old. Yeah. And um and the only people who really knew about those guys were either the people who were digging down or people who had it put through a software like I do on basketball monster that allows me to like, see like, Oh, this guy's still available. He's still, he's ranked high in my projections versus, you know, Oh, I can also see his ADP there and Whoa, nobody else is going to find him. I'll let him sit for another round. You know, that oh, yeah. kind of thing. I always play that game and I always lose. And it's usually cause of you, um, <laughs> but no, man, Kyle, it's good to hear from you. It's good to see you. Um, you too, bud. Hey, two in a row. Let's uh, let's make this a habit. Um, All right, Kyle OG, the the guy who got us into the podcast game. Um, Kyle, if you're not following Kyle on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what you're listening to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter though at Watch the Boxes, where I'll be retweeting Kyle and other people who know more about me than fantasy basketball um, and other stuff too. Because I'm in uh, I'm in a lot of random ass shit too. But I appreciate everybody listening. It is the all-star break. Enjoy your all-star break. Enjoy the all-star game. Um, I like the all-star game. Do you like the all-star game, Kyle? I love um, it. I think it's great. I love, I like the slam dunk contest. I like the whole fucking yeah, ordeal. I it's, like it. It's all fun. A lot of people I, are like, eh, it's fucking stupid. Like, no, no, there, there, awesome. there have been a year, there has been a year or two where it's like, I'm busy on vacation during this period of time. So I'll just not really pay as close attention yeah. to it. But even if, even at that, I'm, I'm sitting down with my coffee the next morning watching all the highlights like anybody else. 100%. Even when this dunk contest is lame, I have a good time. Because it's enjoyable. It's a celebration of basketball, which is what we're all, you know, we all love basketball. That's why we're here. And it's good. You know what? Um, Dude, if, if that's just it. If I'm, if I'm walking through a, if I'm walking by a game, that's out on the, you know, out on the streets and there's a bunch of people hooping. I can't stop, you know, my head yeah, I'm like, oh, gets pulled towards here. it. And like, and if I, there's anybody, yeah, I can't help it, man. You know, it's like, I'm the kind of dude, who, yeah, if my I, buddies are playing softball and I go to watch my buddies playing softball, I'm screaming and yelling 
and yeah, saying, you know, there's two down. I'm like, dude, who the hell, who's screaming from the stands that there's Ooh, two yeah, down? Like, there's like know? three people in the stands. It's one of those three people. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I also, like, I don't, I'm like five, six. I'm um, quite unathletic. Um, basketball is my favorite sport. I don't get it. Uh, but it's, it's a beautiful sport. It's a beautiful time. And uh, the all-star break is a celebration of that. And if you're, if you have any money in your pocket, uh, team LeBron is going to win by like a billion points. So like, just put, put money on that. Like by hmm. 1 billion points. It does. He have DeRozan. He's got, I think he's got DeRozan and we, we, we listed out the entire roster. I mean, MVP DeRozan. I mean, that's who's, that's who's team. Yeah. First win, off, right? I think he's got DeRozan who's the greatest, maybe the greatest player of all time, but um, he's also got Giannis and Luca coming off the bench. And um, like, I don't know. He's got like 20 of the best players. So I, Somehow I read through his list and I'm like, how is this not the top 12 players in the all-star draft? Like, and then it's like the other teams like KD and a bunch of guys are like, oh yeah, those guys are all-stars as well. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Curry, DeRozan, LeBron. It's hard to find a player who's actually not good on an all-star team. That's true. But we said this, we, we talked about this. Here's the starters. Giannis, Curry, DeRozan, LeBron. And Jokic, give me all of those guys over John Morant, Trey Young, Wiggins, and Tatum. Joel Embiid's on the starters as well, and I like Joel Embiid uh, quite a bit. But the rest of the team is poo poo boys. And then on coming off the bench, if we're only talking about these like twenty four dudes, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. And for James, Harden's, James Harden's not playing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Jared Allen. Uh, Jared Allen. Well, actually, um, Jared Allen works better because they need a center <laughs> to just run and gut. You know, the, the run dunks that all the centers always get in these games. You know what, though? Like, John Morant and Trey Young might come out just being like, F y'all. We're going to have bloods. to. They're going to our time. To. They're gonna have to. And those other dudes might just be kind of lackadaisical, get behind in the first half, try to yeah. make a thing of it. Yeah, honestly, I'm right. gonna do that. No, the, I'm dude. I'm definitely ever since they made there actually be like you know all the new rules around like the end of the game and stuff like that with the All Star game. So much fun. Make it more complete. Yeah, yeah, that's no, way more fun. It's so much fun. It means something. Hope, yeah. And then you see like the best of the best going against each other, and the best of the best. And you see them actually like trying, and you're like, oh shit. Right, but it's still fun that we get those first couple of quarters of like just fooling Oop around, dunks yeah, behind the backs, and trying to fun. nutmeg each other, all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fucking or Rudy Gobert taking fadeaway threes. This is good. <laughs> well, Kyle, I hope you enjoy your All Star weekend. I certainly. Yeah, I'm getting more pumped up about it now that we just did that. Absolutely, it's it's, Fire, bro. it's the best. Uh, take love it easy, you. Kyle. Love you too, buddy. Hey, uh, thank you for listening to this, everybody. We yeah, love thank you. you. Um, all the listeners out there, if you like what you hear, rate, review us, or check us out on patreon.com slash watching the boxes, or better yet, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, where we recently broke down the entire trade deadline, me and Tyler, with our good friend Kyle. Uh, we are always doing something on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, so follow us 
uh, you know, feel free to subscribe. You know, just follow us. It's free. Who gives a shit? I don't. I don't give a fuck. I just want you guys to have good content, and hopefully, you enjoy the content that you've been getting. Have a great All Star break, and we'll see you in about a week. Bye.